Well, good day to you. Welcome to our Romans teaching here, right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, uh, pastor of Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. And uh, I'm thankful to be sharing God's Word with you today. I hope that you would get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, and maybe take notes today when God ministers to your heart, shows you something you need to go check out even further. Uh, But we are in the book of Romans. We're in the sixth chapter, and we will deal beginning with uh, verses 6 and 7 today. And, uh, and we'll just uh, see what the Lord has to say to us. I ministered a message yesterday from this very portion of Scripture on uh, yesterday's Sunday morning service. And you can watch that uh, on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there, as well as the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, I want you to know that we are endeavoring to get this gospel out. The message that God has given us to preach, the entirety of His Word in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, every single bit of it. We're even uh, going now into Wichita Falls, Texas, which is four and a half hours north of us, northwest, and and uh, and we're planning a church there under the direction of the Lord, and, and there's already people coming, meeting in a conference room in the Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard. So if you know anybody in that region, help us get the word out. Please pray for us, and you can donate at the website. Again, it's thecrosswaychurch.com. It takes money to get these church plants up and running. Of course, there's not people there coming uh, by the droves uh, to hear the message of the cross. So it takes us here, you and us together, providing uh, the funds and everything that's needed until that church gets up and takes off on its own. And so I'm I'm praising the Lord for what He's doing there. We're praying for our people there. Uh, uh, We're praying for a pastor to take that church uh, one of these days and take off and and, and just let the Lord use him and, and let the Lord build a people there of unity and of the faith there in Wichita Falls, Texas, the 37th largest city in Texas, 104,000 people. Shepherds Air Force Base is there, Midwestern Bible College. It's it's a wonderful looking city there. And so it's going to be a great place for a cross-preaching church. Praise God, I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. So uh, this is part nine of chapter 6, Romans. So uh, let's ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we ask you today to, to bring forth that, that edification, that exhortation, Lord, that, that two-edged sword that can carve away the things that are hindering us, Lord God, and, and walking with you, those things that are hindering our relationship, our fellowship, our, our, the call of God on our lives, and, and Lord, the other side of that two-edged sword to, to conform us, to carve us into the very image of Jesus Christ, your Son. We ask you to give us today the daily bread that we need for our life, for our edification, exhortation, strength, and wisdom. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. So as we look at this today, the Bible says in in verse 6 of chapter 6 of Romans, knowing this, we have to know something not do something. 
Only when you know what is right, believe what is right, which is tied together with knowing here in the Bible, will you find yourself doing right. Uh, the doing what I think is right without the knowing and believing what is right is just me trying to function in that which is right. Just, But when my faith is in that, because I know that which is right, faith in Christ and Him crucified, then what God has written for me, instructed me to be found walking in, in His Word, is going to be by His Spirit functioning, by His Spirit doing that in and through me. So I've got to know this. Never forget that the way you live and function, it's called your conversation. It's called your <coughs> lifestyle, your behavior. All that outward flow of everything is because of what the way you think. But never forget this. The way you think is based on what you're believing. It's all rooted in what you believe. So when we see here in verse 6 of Romans, knowing this... This means, this doesn't mean, say, well, I know that. As, as I've said recently, people that say, well, I know I need to be in church, but they're not there, they don't know it yet. People that say, well, I know I should be reading my Bible, but I'm, I'm not, they don't know it yet. When they begin to believe in their heart, not their head, not because somebody else, but when they believe in their heart for themselves that Christ died for their sins, not with a, a nonchalant, well, yeah, yeah, I know all that. No, right now, the moment is always right now. I need to know, I need to believe, I need to have my faith in right now that Christ died for me, that I died with Him, I was buried with Him, I was raised to newness of life with Him, and now I should be living unto God with Him. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a church meeting. I'm talking about you right now. Your faith is in the sacrifice and that alone. Not and AA. Not and celebrate recovery. Not and the words you speak. Not and those. Listen, those things we place faith in other than the cross eliminates us from experiencing the grace of God in our lives. So watch this. Knowing this, the Bible says Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived. When you know God, that means when you're believing in God through Christ and what he did at Calvary, when you're walking with God, there's the fruit of God in your life. See, if God's at work, if I'm allowing God to work and I don't have to, I can grieve him, I can, I can limit him, I can push him aside. Paul said, I don't Listen, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God, Paul said. And the word frustrate, he wasn't using it like we use it. When Paul said that in Galatians 2 and 21, or 2, yeah, 2 and 21, he wasn't talking about irritated. He was the word frustrate means to deny or set aside. And when we deny or set aside the grace of God, we're denying God and setting God aside because the grace of God is God at work, God doing something. And, and the only way that I can allow God to work in my life, and the word is allow because he only works by grace, that's him working, through my faith. If my faith is not in Christ and the sacrifice of Christ, then I fall from grace. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Read it. It's to the church. I can fall from the place God works by moving my faith from the cross to celebrate recovery. I've got to get to that meeting. 
I've got to get to that. I've got to quote these words. I've got to, I've, I've got to, I've got, no. All I've got to do is believe Jesus paid it all and that grace he tasted death by, Hebrews 2, 9, is sufficient for what I need today. Think about that. God was in Christ. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 19, to know that God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself, not imputing our sins to us, but offering us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Think about that. That's why the Bible says Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hebrews 2 and 9. Write it down. Go read it. Don't let it go. That's God, the way God's, what God's grace is. God doing something. Never forget that makes it so simple. God's grace is God doing something. And God only does what he does in truth. Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. And the truth is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And as long as I keep my faith in what he did for me at Calvary, which was dying, then I allow God, the Holy Spirit, to work in me through my faith in the truth. Think, think about that. This is very kindergarten. It's very elementary. It is very kindergarten and very elementary. The reason we're like, wow, what's he talking about? Is because we've been so brainwashed. We've not even really known how to describe grace except by the same old phrase handed down from generation after generation. It's God's goodness toward undeserving sinners. Okay, I agree with that. But we got to find out. Come on, I need more than that. What? How does grace function? Where, where is grace? What is grace? God's grace cannot be separated from the Holy Spirit who the Bible also calls the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter. He's all one and the same thing. So if I'm walking in the grace of God, that means the spirit of grace is at work in my life. He only works in the truth of Christ and Him crucified. Think about that. So verse 6 says, let's get back to our text today, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, with Christ. Christ came and on the cross he, he represented all of sinful humanity, took all of our sin there. All of humanity's sin because we're all sinners. I don't care who you are, where you are. You're born into this life already a sinner, already guilty, already living in fear the moment you're conceived in the womb. A fearful sinner with the bondage of fear because of death imminent coming to your life. Physical death coming, but born in a state of spiritual death. Separated from God without hope, so God had to send His Son. So that on the cross, God could see <coughs> that last, and hear me now, that last Adam, the only the last man that God would put on the earth, there was only two that would be the representation of all humanity. The first one, Adam, were all born in him, and he became a sinner, so we're all born in sin. And the way to get out of Adam and into Christ, into the family of God, is through a faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And that's not just a one-time deal. It is to get in, but the Bible tells us just like we got in, Colossians 2, 6, write it down, the exact same way we got in Christ 
is the same way we walk and live in Christ. And that's through faith in what he did at Calvary. Jesus taught a daily cross. If you don't deny yourself of whatever it is they're telling you as to why you don't need to have faith in the cross alone today because that is taking up your cross and following Jesus, you're not going to be able to follow him. Not denying yourself of sugar in your tea, a pillow in your bed, or, a, or whatever those things. Denying yourself of whatever it is that's keeping you, preventing you from believing the cross was the only answer God has given to humanity and what His Son, Jesus Christ, did there as He hang on that old tree. The tree had no power, but the Son of God as the Lamb of God did. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you've got to know this. That your old man, that person you were born as, he was crucified with Christ. That's where Jesus represented you as the last Adam. And the moment you put your faith in him and what he did for you in death on the cross, God immerses you into that death. Back up, you'll see that in verse 3. Not water baptism, but the baptism into Jesus Christ, which is a baptism, immersion into his death. That's how all believers were placed in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit, through faith in his death, the Holy Spirit baptized you, immersed you into Christ 2,000 years ago. At the cross, hallelujah. Watch this. Not only is our old man, which is the sin nature, crucified, but that the body of sin might be destroyed. And when you look that word destroyed up, it means rendered inoperative. The, the, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus came and destroyed the works of the devil, but the devil still goes to and fro, uh, roars as a roaring lion. His works have been destroyed, but he still got a job, but his works have been rendered inoperative by, uh, toward those whose faith is in what God to deliver us from Satan and the power of death he had over us and to justify us and to give us new life. And as long as our faith, faith stays in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, then we can be resisting the enemy steadfastly in the faith. I think it's 1 Peter 5, 8 that says, He still goes to and fro as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom we can resist steadfastly. Here it comes, in the faith. And that's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Not some different faith. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said the faith, we, the life we live now in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us. He gave us the measure of that faith. Romans 12, 3. Think about that. Praise God. But he says that the body of sin might be destroyed that from now on we should not serve sin. So not only did Jesus die and, and put away and crucify the old man, that sin nature, but the whole body of sin, and that encompasses even the flesh now that still exists in our life, Galatians 5.17, that says the flesh and the spirit will always, always be contrary to each other. There is a constant striving from both, the flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and you need to understand these things. That's why you must constantly, every day, make sure you are maintaining your faith in the sacrifice. When these new fads come out and preachers get up and say, 
say, well, God's showing the church a new thing. God's not showing the church any new thing that's not pertaining to that one thing that makes new things, new creations out of it, and that's the cross of Christ. You don't listen to any of those people talking about any of these things they're saying God is using because all those are golden calves. They're, 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 grace resistors. They're grace blockers because if my faith is in the cross, I say it and something else from my heart. I tell God the cross is not enough. I need something added to that because of today's culture I live in. Because of today's whatever is going on. Listen, the cross is enough for God's grace to be sufficient wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, whatever is happening to you, whatever ministry you've been called to, but God's grace will only flow to you, in you, and through you and for you because of your faith in the cross. Once you move it from there, and we do when we say, and this. And this means that's not enough. And God is grieved over that. We do despite Hebrew says to the spirit of grace when we trample underfoot the sacrifice. Listen, and we do that simply by telling God that that's not enough and we tell God that, oh no, we don't tell God that's not enough. Your cross is not enough. Jesus didn't do enough, even though he said it was finished. Uh, We're not going to say that with these, but we speak to God with our hearts. And I know most people are not going to like this, but we don't talk to God. God doesn't really listen to our lips. God listens to our hearts. Jesus proved that. God's watching your heart. Jesus said, you're drawing near me. You're honoring me with your lips. But I see your heart and it is far away from me. How many years was I in the congregation some type of congregation where our faith was not in the cross. It was in some program of tithing up. It was on some program of had to have a covering of a man and he had just a, the worldly pyramid system and anything else we could try to get money or fame or, or build upon. And Jesus only builds his church upon the revelation of Christ and him crucified. Think about that. Think about all that stuff that's out there really crying, tears, hands lifted, but they have a a huge, massive form to look at and those who don't know the truth uh, uh, of Jesus and what he accomplished at Calvary and that that's all God's going to provide and that's it and if we move our faith from that, grace ends. That means God stops because we're grieving him. It doesn't mean he's not going to now start making you look on social media at everybody pointing you back to the cross and people you run into. It's going to be a constant because he's a jealous God. And he wants to... And let me tell you something today. God will do what... So don't don't email me and say, would God do... I'm going to make a statement. God will do whatever it takes to get you back to the place where faith is proper so that you can once again begin to partake of his holiness, bearing the fruit of holiness through serving righteousness, Romans chapter 6. Listen again, whatever it takes. The loss of whatever, whatever it takes. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but it's all for the same purpose. You need to understand that. Read Hebrews uh, 12 and 10. Uh, God's chastening His children as far 
the, 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 the desire uh, to get us back, his desire to get us back to partaking of his holiness again. And that only happens, my friends, as we're serving righteousness. And that only happens, my friend, as our faith remains in that which made us a servant of righteousness. Romans chapter 6 bears that out in kindergarten English. I hope you'd go read it and just trust God's word and not all the things that you claim you've been taught by men. But you need to understand that. So when he says here, you've got to know this. Do you know this? Knowing this... That our old man, that sin nature, was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, rendered inoperative. That from now on we should not serve, watch this, sin, the sin nature. Sixteen times, I'm going to say it all through this chapter, sixteen times the word sin is used in the sixth chapter of Romans. Fifteen times it's rendered as the noun Speaking of the sin nature, one time in verse 15 it's rendered as the verb meaning literally to commit an act of sin. But the other 15 times it speaks of the sin nature. And let me tell you something, my friend. If there's some preacher, somebody going around telling you that you don't have a sin nature, that it just no longer exists, it's just been annihilated. No, it's just been rendered inoperative. Because the moment, hear me now, the moment you plug back in through faith in something other than the cross, which is how you plug back in the sin nature. It's how it becomes operative again. See, let me tell you something. The devil, I've already said it, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. But he's still working. He's still seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? Those who will not resist him steadfast in the faith. Not some kind of faith in the faith, resisting the enemy steadfast in the faith. The Bible says he will flee. And it's high time the church begins to see the backside of the devil instead of just his mouth spewing out horrible lies that will deceive and beat us down and deceive us and cage us. Cage us, bringing us into uh, snares. You understand? Oh, he'll come back when you see him fleeing because you resist him steadfast in the faith. But by the time he gets back again, you'll be stronger in the faith than you were before. Praise God, this is good stuff this morning. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad we're talking about this. But I want you to know that the sin nature was rendered inoperative. But there's still a flesh as we talked about. The answer for both is what Christ did at Calvary. If you look over at Galatians, I want you to see this. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 24, it says, And they that are Christ's have have crucified the the flesh with the affections and lusts. Even though the sin nature has been rendered inoperative, the power, he's been unplugged. We've become dead to the sin nature. There's been a change of relationship. I've listened to Brother Lauren Larson preach this for years, and it just keeps getting better and better. Andrew said it the other day. When we place faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, that sin nature, we're unplugged from it. Oh, the sin nature is still there. And it still is powerful. It still can rule and reign and cause death to reign in our lives. 
even as Christians, because death is a separation. And while we're trusting in anything other than the cross, we're separated from God in our fellowship. There is no fellowship with light and darkness. And if our faith is in anything, we're calling light that's really darkness because the only light that exists is Christ and what He did at Calvary, then we're walking in a place of darkness. Think about that. Think about that. When we were born again, we were unplugged from the sin nature. Oh, the, the receptacle on the wall still has power in it, but unless we plug into it, it is ineffective. It's, it's inoperable for us. We, it's not going to affect us. And the only way we're plugged back into that sin nature, hear me today, is not when we commit a sin in our flesh. Nope. It's when we move our faith from that which rendered the sin nature inoperative, destroyed that old man, and trust in one of these programs, anything. I can say, God, I want deliverance from this whatever it is, and I'm going to walk around the house until that thing's gone. Well, that's a law you've set before you, and now you're trusting in something you're doing for deliverance, not the Lord. When they built that golden calf, listen to me, 55-0, 50 days after all the miracles, all, all the people coming out of Egypt, by the blood on the doorpost, just 50 days they built a golden calf and said, come tomorrow and we will worship the Lord through this golden calf. No, you can't worship the Lord if your faith is not in the cross alone, not in spirit and not in truth. You can't. See how simple this is? You can't add to what Jesus did when you do. It, you're adding what you're doing, and God's not honored by what you do. God only honors what God does in and through you, and God only works in the truth. Psalms 33, 4, Romans 8 and 2, for the law of the Spirit of life. In Christ Jesus, the cross has made me free from sin and death at the cross. The law of the Spirit. The Spirit of God works within a law. People say, you're putting God in a box. No, God works within the perimeter of a law. It's in your Bible. Read it and shout for glory. Hallelujah. Don't get mad because you're hearing things you've never heard. And yes, it's gonna you have gonna have to come to grips with you've thrown away years of your life, wasted years, but shout and rejoice that you're now hearing the truth and, and you're not gonna waste another moment, much less weeks, months, years, praise God. And we're not gonna condemn ourselves over all the time we've wasted. We're just gonna shout the high praises of God because now we're walking in the light. Hallelujah. When you're walking in the light, there is a shadow that cast off from you. And as a born-again child of God with your faith in the cross, that shadow that, that, that's shining off you is really not a shadow, but, but it's the very image, the expression of Christ. Praise God. Think about this. The body of sin is, is, is flesh. And, and you know, the best example, and I give it uh, quite often, it just if you were working on a ship out in the middle of the ocean and you that's what you did every day for a living and you were on the crew on the ship and you had a bad, evil taskmaster, a captain, and he whipped you with a whip, 
For 10 years, every time he just looked at you and didn't like you, he wouldn't feed you, he'd take away food, he'd whip you and beat you and slice you up, he'd treat you horrible, threaten you to kill you. And then one day after 10 years, maybe 20 years of that, you, you got a new captain. That captain died. You got a new captain. And the new captain threw the whip overboard, says there won't be any more whippings. I want you to know I love you. You're never going to miss a meal. I'm going to see to it. Even when you have a bad day, I'm still going to be here for you. And, and listen to me now. You've got a new captain. He's thrown the whip out. He's, he's going to feed you daily. But, but sometimes when he walks by, you, st you, still, you still are scared. You still are moving. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like me. After the Lord brought me out of the world and, 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 and delivered me from being a drug dealer and, and there was no more drugs in my life, there was no more drugs in my body, but still when I'd meet a policeman on the highway, I'd look in the mirror to see if he was turning around. Well, why would he be turning around? I've been set free. But that's, that's that residue. That's those, as Brother Swaggart talks about, that's those clinging vines. It's, it's that flesh. That, that We still live in a flesh body. And the Bible says the flesh is constantly contrary, striving against the Spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh, Galatians 5 and 17. But even that was rendered. Even that was rendered inoperative at Calvary. The sin nature, we were unplugged from it. There's been a change in relationship. We're no longer in bondage and married to the law. But Jesus died so that we could be delivered from the law and now married to Him and bring forth His fruits of righteousness. Think about that. That's good stuff. And, and now, every once in a while we, we'll flinch and, uh, because of the flesh. And I'm talking about some sinful act. And, but listen, the Bible Bible says that the body of sin, our old man was crucified with him so that the entirety of the body of sin, the sin nature, the flesh and everything might be rendered inoperative might have its power source unplugged and now when it tries to, to show its head through our flesh, we can even realize and fight the good fight of faith. Even those thoughts that come into our, our mind, those fleshly thoughts, we can, you and I as children of God, can capture those thoughts if we know the truth and we can take them by faith to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. That means to fa our faith in His death, His obedience unto death. And if we don't learn to do that, then those thoughts take us somewhere and tie us up there and beat us up there and keep us there longer than we want to stay. Do things to us we don't want done. But the answer for the sin nature, the answer for the flesh is to know that Jesus died for you, yes, hallelujah, to save you and to deliver you. But your old man was crucified with him. You need to know this. So that from now on, we should not serve the sin nature, nor be in bondage to the fleshly residues of that sin nature. Anything that pops up now in our lives of the flesh, we should tell ourselves, that was crucified. The affection and its lusts, the lustful fleshly affections, They've all been nailed to the cross in Christ. He died to deliver us from all of that. Not just to forgive us, but to deliver us. My goodness, we're out of time. Who could believe it? <coughs> These little half-hour sessions go by so fast. I want to encourage you before we get off the air today to pray for us. 
ministering this message is not just a walk in the uh, the rose garden every day. Uh, we always are under attack. There's always words. There's always actions. Pray for us. And I know God will put it in some of your hearts to sow into this ministry. You can do that by donating online at thecrosswaychurch.com or send your money order check to Crossway Church 610 Highway 59 Queen City, Texas, 75572. God bless you. We love you. Get in the Word and know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.